It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group, blah, blah, blah. Lads, I can't stop laughing. Because we were, um, well, Peter, I might take you out of this because you're such a nice guy. But me and Andy were just, um, you know, ripping the pee here. Uh, we were talking about potentially doing an all-time worst Packers team. Shall <laughs> shall we do it? We, is that what we're going to do on this podcast, boys? We just start hambling into the all-time worst players. Uh, <laughs> Peter, would you dare proffer a player? I bet you you're going to go back to the 1920s now, so your man's dead and his family don't even know who he is anymore. But can you proffer a player that would definitely be a shoe into this team? Or are you just too nice of a guy? I can think of some quarterbacks over the years that we've that we've drafted and I've never, thro- I've never thrown a pass for the Packers. There's one or two of those. Um, it's not good enough, Andy, is it? But, I mean, Peter's trying but, to tell players here that I've never got a chance. He's already getting the saddle sore from that fence. He is, yeah. Uh, blisters in the so. arse there now, I have to say, <laughs> Peter. Yeah. And, and, and there, was, and there was one or two guys that played a year under Lindy and Fonte and never lasted more than a year. Um, but, but I bet they're all nice guys, name, though, Peter. I'm right? probably not going to name names right now, <laughs> Steve. Right, go on. Peter, Peter is the voice of, well, I would say the voice of reason on the podcast, um, but definitely keeps us on the straight and narrow. Andy, would you proffer any players that you put on the all-time crap Packers team? <laughs> oh, we, we could make a whole podcast of that, and I I'm, I'm think we should do that, absolutely. Um, let's just say it makes us appreciate what we've got now, yeah, and keep it at that for now. <laughs> it's particularly a wide receiver. I'd love to, like, if who, whoever, whoever you were going to say, and I was going to like, well, we have him on the podcast. <laughs> Just have him come on and be like, oh, Andy, what the, what's going on, man? Oh, yeah. But then you just have to say it to his face. I mean, look at the stats on ESPN, bro. I mean, it's no surprise. Even your family were disappointed in you. But um, anyway, work, working at some car dealership or something. But anyway, even though Don Hudson himself, Peter, correct me if I'm wrong, went on and had a very successful car dealership in Green Bay after his playing career. So it's a very honourable profession um, for ex-football players. Um, speaking of football players, lads, we're going to bait on into the initial... 53-man roster, if we can still actually call it that, whether there'll be any more moves and shakes, any more getting the phone call, particularly on the offensive line. But before I go there, lads, the hair is getting absolutely out of control. I'm just going to say, I look like George Best back in his Man United playing days. And what I want to know is, is how long has your hair got? Because you boys, you know, you were, what, plying your trade? Andy, when did you have your um, football career? Anyone who doesn't know, Andy was a professional footballer. And professional footballers have the worst hair, hands down. I could be wrong about this. Maybe maybe NFL players nowadays kind of have some silly hair. But Andy, did you ever have any wild, um, ridiculous professional footballer, I'm a professional footballer hairstyle, a la David Beckham? Yeah, I'm ashamed to say I did, yeah. Go on, yeah, Gillian, remember, son. Um, what did you have? Come on, give us the list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I went for the peroxide blonde. Um, <laughs> so, nice. I, so I can remember I, we'd finished the season, my first season in Torquay, um, yeah. and I just made my debut. And when I got home, I thought, be a good idea to go blonde. <laughs> the problem is, my mum's my a redhead, so yeah. we have a little bit of red in the family. So when they went to do the blonde, it didn't quite turn out it turned out like billy idol yellow you know like sort of off-white <laughs> color so i had to sit there for about four hours while they laid on the peroxide yeah and i can remember first day back uh, pre-season training which was at the end of june 
uh, and I s- sort of sneaked into the changing room to get to walk past the gaffer's office. And I heard this almighty bang on the window, almost to the point where the window fractured. And he asked me politely to come into the office and join him for a cup of tea. That's not what he said, but you can imagine yeah, yeah. what it what actually <laughs> <Yeah>. was. <laughs> and, and he said something along the lines of, I thought you had a, um, a Jeff in brain. Um, at which point he said, you've got 24 hours to get rid of that. <laughs> well, <laughs> expletive, expletive, expletive haircut. <laughs> right. Hand you the clippers and told you to take the day off. Uh, well, do you know what I did? I sort of um, toned it down a bit, but every every now and then it just sort of top up the highlights. We never really noticed after that point. But yeah, it was, uh, I'll, I'll zip you over a picture. I think I've got a picture somewhere of uh, the striking blonde hair. But yeah, it's not a, not a good one. You see, why, um, don't, why don't we put that out every time we promote the podcast? Let's just put out a picture of your old football playing days. I mean, that's clickbait if I've ever seen it like. It is, yeah. And I did the old Beckham skinhead as well quite a few times. But mm. yeah, that was uh that wasn't so less favourable. But every time you get a Beckham skinhead though, you always get end up with about five yellow cards in the space of five weeks. <laughs> Just everyone assumes you're you're sort of rock hard and dirty when you've got a skinhead, doesn't oh, yeah. it? So Roy Keane style, yeah. I used to rock yeah, that yeah. as well. I used to rock it funnily enough, I used to play a bit of tennis and I rocked a Roy Keane hairstyle. So it was a bit of a mixed bag, you know, you walk out onto the lawn the tennis court with a skinhead, they're like, What is going on over here? Who brought train spotting down to the train? But um Peter, I mean, you know, let's g- hit us with the ho- hairstyles that you've had, because I have seen some throwback photos back to Green Bay, and there was whole Green Bay tracksuits going on. There was a good mop of hair going on. I oh, mean, they're really it? good, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> incredible. Tracksuit pictures, I love them. They're, they're incredible. Because I've got the elasticated oh. ankle, can I just say? I mean, let's paint a picture here, you know what I mean? The elasticated ankle is what really gets it for me. Peter, did you ever get shoulder length with that mop? Well, it's very nearly shoulder length now, Steve. Guys, bring it back to Mambo, Andy. That's what yeah, we're saying. Yeah, it's uh, it's very nearly. It's 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 a bit malletish. It's a bit Chris Waddle, Glenn Hoddleish from the whatever year that was. <laughs> That's a tongue um, teaser if I've ever heard one. Chris Waddle, <laughs> Glenn Hoddle. There we go. Say that four uh, times fast. And uh, since the draft, it's turning uh, turning um, peroxide grey. grey. <laughs> I was going to say distress. <laughs> You're like, what are they doing? What's going on? So what's the what's the end game here, uh, Pete? Why aren't you getting a cut? Is it a COVID related? Don't want to hit the well, barbers was, like me, kind of, or yeah, what it are was, we? It, 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 it was it was a COVID related thing, and and now mm. I just can't be bothered. Oh, I, Andy, I think he's liking it. I think he's in now. You know, the hairbrush turned upside down, singing some Cindy Lauper songs, and he's liking what he's seeing. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I think you're right. I, have, yeah, I just want to have fun. <laughs> Peter just wants to have fun. Uh, this is where I add in in post-production that song and everyone has a good bop out in the car. Imagine the mortification of you're playing a, a sports podcast and Cindy Lauper comes on in the car. Explain that to the boys. But yeah, so we look forward to an update. I think we should do hair updates. Andy, what are you rocking at the minute? I mean, is the hairline still good? I mean, have you got one of those, you know, straight line hairlines or have we got a bit of recede action happening? No, no, no. There's no receding action going on. I'm quite fortunate in that regard. It must be good genes. Uh, no, I, spa- I splashed out thirty pound on a on a lovely set of clippers at the start of COVID, and the kids have taken it in turns to to number one and number two cut. And uh, yeah, it's okay. Depending on what conversations I have to have and work the next day, like give us give us the number one there, will you? I'll <laughs> add some extra Vinnie Jones intimidation to this uh, <laughs> meeting I've got tomorrow. Yeah. Oh man, you see, yeah, my hairline is is not just not that forgiving, you know. Like I don't have a receding hairline, but I just have the same hairline I've had since I was young. Which, what did I? I, I have to look this up, and I shouldn't really say it on the podcast. Widow's Peak. What's that one where you have like a little bit coming down at the at the front? 
um, for me. So I don't think you'd get away with a skinhead now because I think I'd look probably too old. And then my hair's getting long and then when I slick it back, I just look like my old granddad. Um, and he passed away, so take that how you will. But anyway, on to Packers stuff. Uh, we've got a good 10 minutes in, lads. And uh, I think what we're doing is, Peter, is we're just trying to keep Andy away from analysis of the wide receiver room because... Not that he was a massive Jay Kumaro fan, but I think anybody passed Devontae Adams and helped. Maybe, look, let's start there, right? We can get into quarterbacks and um, there was no surprise there how we predicted it, how it panned out. It could not pan out any other way, not unless they went completely off the wall, which they didn't because that'd be ridiculous. Um, let's get on to wide receivers. Not to start off on a bad note, but Andy... Um, you know, you're good for an honest opinion. Um, your major feelings known on the wide receivers... When you look at who they went with here, noting that they've dropped players that we said that had probably a bigger upside to Kumaro and we thought they'd go with Kumaro as a safe option. How did you think the wide receiver room panned out? Are you not surprised by it anymore? Is there nothing that we really could do at this stage in that position? Where is your head at with this um, wide receiver depth chart as it stands now? I think you alluded to the fact that you said people were doing moving and shaking and a lot of shaking going on and moving to go on and all that sort of stuff. Mm. It feels like we're at one of those discos where there's people at the front of the stage rocking out and mosh pitting and all sorts of stuff going on. And Gooty's at the back of the room to the side doing the old dad dance from side to side. Yeah, wallflower that, action. That... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the stuff. And we're just happy to go along with what we've got. Um, I think, I think, uh, you know, I think Lazard was was fantastic last year. Yeah. I think he he was the epitome of a of a, a guy that worked hard on his craft and, and and really developed at a pace. And you know you did some analysis on him, didn't you? Yeah. The thing I liked about him is he he made the most of his his physical attributes. So I mm. think that if we see a further jump from him, then you can't deny him his opportunity. And so I'm pleased for him. I think he's a likable individual. Um, I really like the physical element of his game. Um, so I, oh, fair play for us to giving him that base uh, but after him and Adams it's just a a room of unproven isn't it and, and that's the bit that just doesn't strike fear into 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 defences I would imagine now hopefully we've complete we've proved well I'm proved completely wrong and it, it turns out to be a a fantastic set of wide receivers but if you look at groups gone by which is the, the level that you always sort of try and hold yourself to um, it's far off 2010 standards isn't it in terms of names on paper uh, and that's the last time that we managed to win it all isn't it so that's how I always look at it I think that it's key if you look back through the the annals of NFL history it, a wide receiver core with a, with a weapon at three and four are often often consistent um, and we're just not proven in that area yet are we so and what would make you happy Andy, what would make you happy, right? So if we look at this and we look at the system, because there's all this stuff being mooted out there, right? That Aaron Jones, if you look at you know the amount of receptions he had, uh, he was like a hybrid wide receiver as such um, last year. And there's all of this talk about that LaFleur's offenses is predicated on the play action and running backs catching into the backfield. And that's why they're looking at AJ Dillon and saying he needs to improve his hands and all this type of stuff. Um, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get all that. I get it, diversity, um, you know, complexity of illusions and all that and, and running back to, running out the backfield and splitting them out wide and all that. Yeah. Do we not think that the likes of Dorsey Levens never split out wide mm. or Edgar Bennett never went into motion and went out the backfield? We had all that and receivers at times 
that that's the bit that that, that that frustrates me. You need as many weapons as you can possibly get, whether it's tight ends, split backs, H backs, full backs, wide receivers, slot receivers, whatever whatever you've got, you need playmakers. Yeah. In the NFL, that that's what you need. And we have a quarterback who's who's you know one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history. So why wouldn't you provide him with the weapons that he needs to to do his thing? That's the bit that for me. And when you look at the offensive line this year, mm. um, particularly on the right side, which we'll get on to, it, it's not one of the most steady lines on paper that we've ever seen, is it? So he maybe he's have to get the ball out a little bit quicker yeah, this year. Yeah, he might not have a whole lot of time. Yeah. And the and the and the knock on the guys that we've got because of the in many ways to the down to their physical attributes is they don't separate as quick as some of the more nimble receivers that you see in the NFL. And that's the bit, the matrix, it doesn't match for me. I think they've done the best with what they've got within the rooms that they had, but I, you know, I don't see that it's massively progressed from the end of last year. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the struggle is, 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 you know, if this, if this offense is about in essence, short to short to medium passes, spreading the ball around, et cetera, et cetera, the struggle with the majority of this wide receiver called, called, um, Core um, Dante Adams to one side is um, the as Andy says they're all long striders they're not guys that that get open quickly mm. so these are guys that, that that typically are one in place to develop which which is okay when Rogers is holding on to the ball for a long time but we don't want to see him holding on to the ball for a long time he might not be able to um, right Pete so that's yeah the problem, yeah ex- 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 exactly right so so they just seem a little bit of a mismatch for the system mm. and. They're all the they're all samey again. Putting Devonte Adams to one side, the others are a little bit all samey, and, we, and we've talked about this before. But I think the biggest struggle for for me and probably most people looking at it is is what appears to be a lack of trying to make this group better. Mm. So you know, all the stories come out where well, they would have done this and they nearly did that and they nearly traded up in the second round and they talked to this guy and they talked to that guy that actually at the end of the day doesn't help if you still come out with the same group that that you start that you started with and I think that's the struggle that that lots of us have when we look at when we look at this group of wide receivers it it need it needs help so it's not the thought that counts after all Pete is that what you're saying when it comes to NFL wide receiver course (laughs) well yeah I think I think you're right Steve aren't you yeah Yoda had it right in Star Wars, didn't he? There is no try, there's do or yeah. do not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. You know, that's the that's the, the the benchmark of NFL success and the fine line between success and you know getting as far as the NFC Championship game. That's yeah. the difference. You know. Do you know what, lads? It strikes me that they have an awful lot of faith in what they believe to be um, scheme and not. I won't say trick plays, but just the way the offense, how they believe that this is going to be designed. And like what. You know, it's a common moniker, and Andy, you mentioned that last week. You know, people catch on quickly in the NFL. So what it looks like is, is that as as you said, Peter, they're going for the same type of body type, right? As you said, long striders, lads who will get open probably eventually, with the exception of Devontae Adams, who has great footwork. Um, and it's probably unrealistic to imagine that Adams has imparted his footwork knowledge, which is just next level that everybody everybody looks up to to any of the other players. That's just kind of ridiculous, right? So we have to see what kind of happens. And Malik Taylor. Um, you know, someone who's pretty similar to the other guys. So what are they? What do you think they're trying to do, lads? I mean, are they looking at Josiah DeGuara? Are they looking at um, Tyler Irvin and looking to do something inventive with him? Are they going to try run Aaron Jones out of the backfield to catch passes? I mean, are they looking to sort of trick defences in all this inventive stuff? Or 
did like they they did with you like you're saying Peter where they tried to get into the conversation which is just a common phrase that people associate with Goody now is that he's trying to get into the conversation to make it better but he you know can't for some reason do it um and Peter do you see that working is that is that what he's telling the NFL here is that we're going to beat you with inventiveness and the scheme or is he literally just mismanaged in some way the offensive line or the wide receiver room what are we looking at here well I think that well, I think they're going to they're going to have to win in the way that you, in the way that you've described. They're going to have they're going to have to run they're going to have to run the ball, and they're going to have to spread 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 the ball around. You know, because if if I'm a if I'm an opposing defense, you know, I double I double cover Devontae Adams and and dare the other team to beat me. You know, dare the Packers to beat me, and you know, with the way that the offensive offensive line is shaping up, particularly on the on the right side, mm. you know. It's looking like Rogers isn't isn't going to have five, six, seven seconds back there every every time for these guys to get open. So I think the way the Packers have to win is with a strong running game and being able to scheme some of these guys open and and spread and spread the ball around. Yeah, and there's nothing and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's that's pretty basically what the West Coast offense was in the eight in the eighties and nineties. You know, it's the Forty ers offense of the eighties and nineties, if you like, mm. um, and what. You know what Holmgren brought to Green Bay originally in 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 '92, but even that 49ers team, you know, that, that was throwing lots of passes to Roger Craig and those guys, had Jerry Rice and John Taylor at wide receiver, and and so you so you you think you just look at it, and and the Packers are a, uh, are a star wide receiver short. Mm. And Andy, when it comes to sl- in the slot, um, we know that typically Aaron Rodgers, particularly later in his career, doesn't like to go near um the middle of the field, um. What what's your head at with the likes of our tight end position? And to remind people on the depth chart, they have Mercedes Lewis, uh, a number one tight end, uh, Bobby Tanyan, um, and then Jay Sternberger and Josiah Deguara. Again, no sort of surprises there. Um, do you see big things from the Packers in the slot with you know Tyler Irvin, even Aaron Jones in there with these tight ends in there? Um, is that enough inventiveness? Do you think? Do you see that sort of magic happening there? These dare we say two tight end sets, four tight end sets, um, at this stage, or do you see an issue, such an issue with the right side of the offensive line that we're going to have to slot in these tight ends and running backs in there, literally for protection, which again limits our offensive weapons? Where's your head at with? The best weapon we have in the slot is Devontae Adams. Mm. He's un- he's unguardable for me in the slot, which is which which in your heart back to Peter's point there around one one star receiver short and that's the answer to me is that yeah. he's a beast he's a beast on the perimeter but he's an absolute unstoppable beast in the slot he just can't teams can't defend him can they um i think mercedes lewis number one on the depth chart the tight ends is just a bit of a bit of smoke and mirrors i think you'll see a lot of tonyan and, and sternberger i think deguero's role is going to be bespoke i think he'll have probably eight or ten plays per game that are designed specifically for him yeah which were the plays that they, they designed for the fullback last year, weren't they? And sort of nearly happened on, on a number of occasions. So I think all those plays that nearly came off will be Degura's sort of lot, I think. I think that's how they approach it. I think Irvin will be the Swiss Army knife. I think he'll be moved around. I think you'll see a lot of him. Quick screens, um, quick slants, maybe he's... Uh, trick plays, maybe he's end around, things of that nature. I think he'll be the do it all anything that, rev- that relies on a little bit of short hmm. short burst of speed i think he'll be the guy um 
Yeah, and they'll do pretty much what we did last year with Williams and Jones. I don't see that they'll do a lot different with those two guys. They split them out on occasions, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and I think that'll continue. It'll be interesting to see whether Dylan gets a, a spot on the uh, game day roster, won't it, to see if he's used in short yardage situations or things of that nature. But that'll be the only sort of wrinkle that I'm not too sure about yet. But I definitely see all four, all four tight ends being being activated and I think they'll have a, a role to play. I think eventually, if you're asking me to, to, to nail my colours to the mast, I still think Sternberger with a guy that comes out um, further down the line with yeah. with a position of his own. But I just think he's probably a little bit behind in terms of development this year, but we'll see. Um, Peter, tight ends, running backs. Um, you know, we didn't really get a whole lot of surprises there, right? Mercedes Lewis, uh, Bobby Tanyan, Jay Sternberger, Josiah DeGuara. But running backs in particular. Um, so we see Aaron Jones again. It's business as usual. And there was more stuff that came out about the Packers discussing his contract, um, which got some, you know, mouths salivating. But again, that's kind of old news. That would be said because, you know, they're always going to be working in massive air quotes in the background to see how things fall. The same with Jamal Williams. I mean, you know, very highly spoken about um, in this offense. Uh, the running backs coach came out, I believe it was this week, and he was singing his praises. Um, so really, AJ Dillon for you, um, Pete, what type of role do you see him having this season? Because, you know, we all got carried away with leg size and a big arse um, and his college <laughs> tape and everything else. And what of a nice guy he is and sort of the little bits and pieces that leaked out during camp. Um, but, you know, will his role be as big as his legs this season? I think I think we can expect that his role um, would likely increase as the as the season as the season goes on. Mm. Um, a because I think that would happen in any normal year, but I think especially this year, you know, when that when they haven't had the preseason, they haven't had as many reps and, and and what have you. So I think that I think we can expect to see Aaron Jones, you know, I, I would top a thousand yards rushing again. But I, but I don't. But I wouldn't expect him to be running for fifteen hundred or sixteen hundred or seventeen hundred yards. I think if he's running for that many yards, he's probably been overused. Yeah. So so I'd expect I'd expect um, Jones to rush for a thousand yards again, um, and I and I would, I would expect Dylan's role to increase as as the se- as the season goes on and as he works his works his way into the into the game plan. I think Andy mentioned last week that. He wouldn't have been surprised if if Dylan was on the inactive list for the first first few games of the regular season. That wouldn't surprise me at all either. I, I think I think it's a really good point that Andy made there, and I just think that Dylan's rolling increases as the as the as the year as the year goes on. Um, but I think he gives them, and we talked about this previously, he gives them something that they they don't have in that big size inside runner with with good, not great, but good good inside speed so i guess the only position really that we need to fall on then is the offensive line which is a big one which massive question marks so again the depth chart as it fell david bakhtiari left tackle elton jenkins left guard Corey lindsley at center lane taylor at that right guard spot and billy turner in a right tackle and they have second on the depth chart for right tackle being rick wagner now billy turner injury uh deemed to be out for week one if not longer and there's all of this sort of talk about moving Elton Jenkins from the left side of the line to the right. Um, Andy, how does the offensive line look to you? Because, look, Billy Turner um, was serviceable um, last year. You know, it wasn't a scandal, right? So uh, when you look at this offensive line, 
is it really bad? You know, is the right side a massive issue? We had three veterans um, all sort of vying for that position. You know, you sort of see Rick Wagner as kind of a, a stopgap just to plug in there. But with, with this offensive line for you, is this a game changer? And are we looking at trouble here against the Vikings week one? We are a right tackle. Yeah. Um, I think it starts with great, doesn't it? Bakhtiari um, and Jenkins. I think you've got two elite players. Uh, Lindsley's been fine. Um, I, I'm not overly concerned with Lane Taylor. You know what you're going to get. Um, Lucas Patrick as a backup at centre and right guard is fine. Um, I like Runyon. I thought that was a good draft pick. I was happy with him. So yeah. uh, backup as left guard. Um, I'm not quite sure what we've got in um, Yoshi. Yoshi Nyman. Um, <laughs> he's so really I, tall, I, I, apparently, Andy. He's very, he's very, very tall. big. Yeah. He's a big guy, isn't he? So I, I'm not quite sure what we got. Yeah. But right tackle, I just find it a, a dereliction of duty on, on, the, on behalf of the Packers. I, I have no idea what what the solution is or what their... Billy Turner's not a right tackle for me. Um, you, the Denver tape tells you that. Uh, and he, he was serviceable at guard, but he was a very expensive serviceable guard, if, if you're asking me honestly. Yeah. Um, for as much as he's a great guy around the locker room and all the sound bites that you hear. Um, and Ricky Wagner, again, if you look at his Detroit tape from last year, I didn't think he it was was great at all. Um, so even if even two fully fit guys at that position, I still think it's a significant downgrade from last year. And on a fast track in Minnesota in particular, with uh, two very active defensive ends, it's going to be a, a long night for Aaron Rodgers if he doesn't get some support. Peter, is this a nightmare scenario for you? I think uh, rolling against the Vikings, is this going to be really indicative of how this season is going to pan out? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a potential nightmare. And it, and it almost couldn't come against a worse team in terms of their you know their as Andy mentioned their rush their pass rushing ability off the edge how do I feel about it I think that right now I'd be surprised if Billy Turner or Rick Wagner are with the team next year so that's how I kind of feel about how strong that right tackle position's looking now hopefully one of those guys is going to step up and prove and prove us wrong um, it looks like Turner's not going to play the first two or three weeks by the look by the looks of things I'd be disappointed if they moved Elton Jenkins out there to right tackle. Mm. I, he can play there. You know, he played he played a little bit of tackle at, at Mississippi State. But I think that you've got a strong left side of the line. The less you want to mess around with the line, the better, I think. You know, I'm happy with, with Lane Taylor, as, as Andy says. It's just that right tackle position looks problematic, I guess, is the best word I can, I can think of for it. And, you know, doubly so if, if anything were, heaven forbid, to happen to to Bakhtiari even even you know for a game or two because you would imagine if if, if Bakhtiari were, went out at some point during the season for a game or two then probably Lane Taylor who's done it before would move out to left tackle yeah and then you've opened up the whole of the right side of the of the offensive line so yeah it's um it's a concern but you have to think that it's a concern that the that the, the team knows about um, and as you as you mentioned whether that means you know they're going to keep an extra tight tight end in to block and give some help over on that side they're going to have to do whatever 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 it takes yeah so it's kind of a it's a it's a strange situation where the left side is really strong and the right side is questionable so looking at this offense then that we went through as a whole Andy have we got better stayed relatively the same or got worse compared to last year because we squeaked some games last year and some games were close sometimes we looked dynamite particularly against the Raiders uh, that game that we went over and, and saw in Lambeau it looked like we are absolutely rolling MVS had a big day um, as did Aaron Jones 
But looking at this, Andy, um, are you expecting more of the same this season from the offense? No, I'm expecting um, 98, 98% of the runs are going to go to the left. Um, and I think that 97% of Aaron Rodgers' passes are going to be roll-out left passes. Mm. Yes, yeah, scramble, scramble action. <laughs> scramble, scramble left. Yeah. Um, it looks very similar, doesn't it? Um, uh, the, the one gaping difference for me is right tackle, isn't it? it? There's not a lot of difference on paper. Is there? I would imagine that there'll be some second-year progression in terms of the knowledge of the system and, and yeah. guys understanding it a lot more and, and being able to add more wrinkles into it. Uh, and all that sort of stuff, which will be beneficial for the offense as a whole. Um, but you've got to sort of go back to last year, haven't you, in terms of uh, the injuries. We didn't have a lot in particular at key positions. So we're going to be lucky again in that regard, haven't we? And I think that uh, the, the gaping difference is right tackle. Uh, I just hope that we do do some moving and shaking at some point and address it before it becomes a real issue. It's not because it becomes a real issue, you know, conceding two or three sacks a game or whatever that looks like. Mm. We all remember what happened to Aaron Rodgers a couple of years ago when he uh, was exposed in, in Minnesota uh, and how that sort of panned out. So I would hate for Lightning to strike twice. Yeah, for sure. Um, Peter, we saw the power rankings come out, which, uh, you know, makes me want to place my phone <laughs> in a large body of water at high velocity. Um, so because look, oh, power rankings are like, yeah, cool. Can we play a game? Can we, just one game? Maybe two? You know, maybe play half a season and actually see where we're at. Um, but the power rankings came out and there's people saying that this Packers team is going to be firing on all cylinders. And again, the rationale, and I believe it was CBS a guy from CBS who then subsequently got rinsed um, by a lot of people. Um, he was talking about, like what Andy mentioned, you know, the second year in the system. Does the second year, because here's what I'm fearful of, is that the second year is negated in some form by the weakness on the line so that we don't actually have a chance um, to test out this brand new uh, trick plays and playbooks and everything else because he simply doesn't have time. So, you know, how does it look for you, you know, <laughs> leaving para rankings aside, the same question. I mean, does this key, does this team have a potential to be better than last year with that extra year, or is there too many sort of unanswered questions right now to even say? So offensively, I think they're similar-ish to where they, to where they were last last year. Not as good, obviously, at, at, at right tackle, but but there are some minor improvements, if you like, every, everywhere else. Not least, you talk about as you talk, both talked about, you know, the second year in the system. Mm. You've got some young players some wide receivers who are who are will be a year more experienced Elton Jenkins will be a year better you know and he was excellent in his rookie year and he's going to be better better this year um you know there's 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 nobody really there that you look at it and you think well that guy's got old overnight and is going to be considerably worse than he was last year yeah um so so i i think i think the offense is likely to be similar in terms of its outcome this year, but I think it's going to arrive at it in a, in a, in a slightly different way. I think, as I said, I think we're going to see see more runs, more diverse, more diversity, um, and it may make the offense a li- seem a little bit more exciting when we watch it, just because I think we're going to see more more players involved in it. So, so I think generally speaking, slightly better than last year, but but not a lot in it. Yeah, I mean, the optimist in me wants to look at this because what does strike me is that it's quite a young roster at the skill positions, isn't there? I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's Gudekunst where he talks about they want most of their career in front of them. And we see that on the defensive side of the ball. When you look at the Smiths, you just see sort of mature heads when really you would expect that their career would go from strength to strength. Now, to replicate what went on 
last year uh, would be unbelievable um, and especially Rashan Gary making that step up but when I look at the offence you know we see the ESB who has a lot to prove um, because he was basically anonymous last year MVS that stuff I've said till I'm blue in the face about the injury let's see what happens there Alan Lazard a lot of hype um, you know Tanyan and like what you said Sternberger and you would expect him to kind of emerge here it's all really exciting stuff Aaron Jones God knows what's going to happen with his contract um, I think everybody knows you know him and Jamal Williams their contracts are up at the end of next year um, so whether he does get brought back or not whether he is the keystone of this offence or not but like we've alluded to the whole way I guess and not pessimistically so I mean rightfully so um, that right side of the offensive line will really be the telling factor as to how um, sort of clicky this offense gets off and running. And like you said, Andy, those injuries, I mean, they asked Lafour about it and they were saying, is that to do with practice times or veteran rest days or what's the story? And he just came out with it, unlike the Bears, and said that it's just lucky. They just got lucky with it. You know, they didn't go down for a lot of time when they did go out and they were able to manage that sort of stuff. And that's not something that you can legislate for in this season. But I would like to think that me personally I'll be very optimistic that they can get some stuff going and um, whether that's realistic or not no idea and um, but one thing I will say is and it's not indicative of what's going to happen on the field and it's completely different than game tape analysis but I do see LaFleur um, settling into himself a little bit more certainly in front of the camera and whether that translates into his playbook and how comfortable he is for a second year on the sideline and um, calling plays and you know working with his offensive uh, weapons I have no idea um, but you know if it does and he feels a bit more comfortable, which you'd imagine he would be. And um, well, then it could get an awful lot better. But let's switch the defense, lads. Um, and Andy, if I can start with you, defensive line. This was no shocker. Um, I don't think uh, coming into it, you know, Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, Tyler Lancaster, Kingsley, Kiki. Uh, we talked about Clark being a world beater. Lancaster and Kiki showing flashes. Dean Lowry, you know, being okay, showing some some good and some not so good stuff. And the question mark really being around Montrevious Adams uh, being given this last chance saloon. Defensive line, Andy, any surprises um, for you? Uh, do you think these guys are serviceable? I guess there's not a whole lot you can say on last week, right, as to when we kind of give the rundown of what we feel about these fellas. No, no there's no surprises there, is there? Other than that, I'm just surprised we haven't addressed it in in the free agency market. Yeah, um, It's just... You know, we we don't play a lot of three four, do we? We we functionally live in the nickel or dime, so yeah, it's effectively a lot of time a two man line, isn't it? So your two starters are going to be uh, two out of two out of those four, aren't they? So um, I'm surprised that Kiki's not above Lancaster in the depth chart, yeah, um, a little bit, but that would be something I hope would sort of evolve over the season. So uh, I'd still like to see another big body in there, just based solely on the San Francisco scars but that's just me I think I'm desperate for another big body in there Did you see the Snacks Harris and stuff yeah yeah it'd be interesting follow wasn't it so uh, mm. apparently we've reached out to him at some point um, I'd like for us to reach out again maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah Goody come on I mean once is not enough I mean try and try again Oh. Yeah. I'm sure there's a song about that somewhere, isn't there? But yeah, it's uh, reach. Uh, yeah, we need to do that again. <laughs> you know, you know the way all these teen movies now, where the guy gets outside the girl's window and he's throwing stones, and then he brings the mariachi band and everything else. You'd imagine that Goody just threw the one stone and went, "Eh, fair enough." <laughs> you know, what I mean? eh, she's probably not there, and then just walked away. Wouldn't make a very good movie. Uh, Peter Snacks Harrison. That's just I mean. How it is. <laughs> <laughs> the, the shortest teen movie yeah. romance in history and Goody just goes home Peter Snacks Harrison would you like to see him in there um, looking at this defensive line again no well, shockers for you 
Yeah, I mean, he, he, up, he would up, upgrade your, your run defense straight straight away. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, you look at this group, and pretty much as we described last week, you know, it's Kenny Clark and 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 <laughs> you know, uh, Peter, you're cutting <laughs> out there. Hold on, hold on, wait, let's fix the audio here. <laughs> it, it it's just again, you know, it's a, it's a grouping that you look at and that other teams will look at and think that doesn't scare me. Yeah, and it, and it and it and it just, it just doesn't, you know. And again, it's similar to the wide receiver position. We've talked to this guy and we've talked to that guy and we nearly signed this guy and we nearly did this and we nearly did that. Yeah. But we've ended up in the same place. Yeah. So I guess it's, you know what they say, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. And it looks like we've we've yeah. largely stayed the same. However, we did see some good stuff though, right? From Kingsley Kiki and Tyler Lancaster can look sharp um, at times. I mean, are we looking for a step up from these fellas? Do you think that's possible? Um, you know, because when you look at Dean Lowry, you, you know, you get what you have at this stage, I would imagine. But with the likes of Kiki and Lancaster, are they the only guys that we're looking at? Well, look, there's an awful lot being said about Adams and his motor and everything else. Um, but again, you know, we've seen, dare I say, character issues. There's certainly some mooting in the background about it. Um, Peter, is there any chance you think that Lancaster and Kiki could surprise us this season? I think if the defence is going to be better this year, one of those guys has to step up. Mm. You know, and, you know, your guess is as good as mine as to which one of, which one of them it's likely to be, you know. Yeah. Kiki's the one that you think he stands out to me. I like him. Yeah, could, could, could he be the guy? But we've not seen that much of him. Yeah. Um, but you know, if 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 one of the three of those Lancaster, Kiki, or even even Montrevious Adams, if one of them steps up, that would be that would be fantastic because we really need it. Outside linebacker Andy is looking much better. Uh, the two Smiths just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Rashan Gary. Again, you know, it's hard to feed into the hype. I just want to see him play, to be honest. But again, I'm not, I'm not down on him in any way. Um, you know, ridiculous motor, um, ridiculous um, social media videos, uh, leaner, um, big things mooted for Rashan Gary. Does he have to step up this season, Andy? Is he going to get the opportunity? Do you reckon? Yeah, I think you talked about sort of the design, the defense around the players that we've got, and having a scheme around it. I think that you know a large part of the scheme will revolve around uh, Gary this year. Um, his outside linebackers coach speaks positively about him. He had a he had a good season for a rookie, didn't he? Uh, all things considered, um, you know we we talked a lot about where he was picked and the pick itself and who we could have took instead and all that. And, and whether we agree with that or not, the fact of the matter is he had a respectable first season. Yeah, I think he's looked leaner. I think he looks stronger. Um, and by all accounts, he's had a good show in preseason. So. Um, I expect big things from him this year. To be honest, absolutely. And I, I, would, I would absolutely agree with that. And, and, and the thing is, I, I think that realistically, we can't expect you know Zadarius and Preston Smith to repeat exactly the year that they had last year. Hmm. I hope they do. I hope they're even better. But 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 being realistic, it's unlikely. But I, th- I still think they'll have really good years. But then you hope that that, that Gary coming coming through will pick up. You know those sacks that those guys don't get. We'll see more playing time than he than he saw last year, and you know, and hopefully, as Andy mentioned last week, that that he'll be able to spell those guys so that so that you know both of the Smiths aren't playing 65 snaps a game. Yeah, and look at the amount of times that we saw Zadarius getting you know put in the turf and limping up and getting helped off, and then as well as that, I guess we can't forget the amount of times that we were. We saw on tape and were told by the coaches, you wouldn't believe how close Gary got at times, but just didn't, um, you know, get the trophy, basically. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what type of um, season he has coming in. And as you say, whether he'll be rotated in more and be given more of an opportunity. But, you know, look, rookie season, 
he's going to have a certain role. It's the same as what we always say about preseason. Um, don't we, lads, where you can look at preseason and, and get carried away with players or sort of get down on players, but you don't really know what the coaches are running um, to see what they're trying to find out in preseason. So um, the jury's out, but in probably a very good way. Randy Ramsey. Uh, and Jonathan Garvin and again an awful lot of hype around Garvin any of you that's anything to say about Ramsey and or Garvin and um, their inclusion in this team well Garvin for me was my you know my favourite pick of probably the last two days during the draft I think he was a excellent college prospect yeah he's very young very raw um, but yeah I think he has all tools to be a, an excellent an excellent situational pass rusher in the future and maybe it's the back end of this season he might be he might be able to produce. Um, Randy Ramsey's just got a great name, hasn't he? I think. You... <laughs> if you if you can't do this, it could be a wrestler, I guess. Would he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and they must think they must think a bit of him because they had quite a bit of competition for that final spot. Yeah. At the outside linebacker position, didn't they? So, I always thought they'd keep you know the you know the five guys. So, yeah, expect good things from him as well. Yeah. Peter, inside linebacker, Christian Kirksey. Um, again, we've heard some good stuff, um, some nice sort of social media plugs for him from the team. Um, and again, he was brought in for this exact reason. Brought in, replace Blake Martinez. And, you know, people are saying he's going to do the business. Oren Burks, uh, last chance saloon. And then they also have Ty Summers there. Um, again, is this the right side of the offensive line version of the defense, if we leave off the defensive line, in the sense that, you know, inside linebacker where very thin on or do we have to look at the defensive backs along with the inside linebackers to really get a proper picture of what we have yeah so so i think so i think on the face of it it looks it looks thin mm. um especially with kamal martin going to injured reserve on sunday um but because of as you mentioned because of the system that they play there's often only one inside linebacker on the field anyway yeah kirksey you know if he could if he can stay injury free you know, I think it's definitely an up an upgrade there. So I was about to say I'm not concerned at all about this position. My only concern about this position is is the depth and if Kirksey were to get injured. Yeah. That would that would be my concern with Martin already being on in, on injured reserve. Because as you said, you know, Oren Burks has shown us very little so far. Um, you know, and maybe this is a breakout year for him. Let's let's hope so. But I don't think he's shown us anything so far that makes us think it's gonna happen. And you know, and 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 Ty Summers, we'll always seen of him is is you know a solid special teams player. So there's nothing yeah. in terms of playing defense from him that we that we've seen. So if Kirksey stays injury injury free, then then we're okay. Yeah, I mean it, the size is what gets me at this position, I guess, because like Andy, you refer to regularly is the Niners, and when you look at that game and just how we got absolutely annihilated. Um, and then you look at Kirksey and his injury history. Now, Oren Burks, again, it seems like a really nice guy. Sounds like he's super motivated, uh, super dedicated. But as you said, Pete, haven't seen a lot. Injuries and peck injuries and everything else. Um, he's always lively around the ball. Um, but again, we like what have we saw from him? Ty Summers, again, for what it's worth. And I know I'm going to get laughed at. But again, Ty Summers looked really lively to me. Looked great on special teams. Fantastic in preseason last season. Um, was always in or around the ball, um, especially on special teams. Ne not afraid to wrap up and make a tackle, um, which was fantastic there. But Andy, it, it comes down to size. Um injury history with these boys and maybe if we can leak that into then these dbs what are your thoughts then you know we see jair alexander we see kevin king we need a big year from these boys in the sense that kevin king has to stay healthy again coming into a contract year so there's always some funny business that goes on there 
Josh Jackson for you, Andy. Last chance saloon. Chandon Sullivan. Not proven. Kadar Holman. What have we seen there, really? And then Parry Nickerson um, as well at that position. And then, of course, you can you can ramble on into safeties. Are you confident with this um, defensive backfield, Andy, as it stands? Um, we've got some shining stars there, but also some guys that we really need to see more of, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think we're the top three. I think we can, if, again, it's all ifs and buts, isn't it? If we can um, guarantee an injury-free season, particularly with the top three, then I think things will be will be more than okay. Um, Josh Jackson, like I said, I think that's why he's at four, because he'll be a perimeter cornerback. I mm. think that's where he's going to be best suited. And with the other two guys, I, I, it, it's uh, you know, it's anybody's guess, really, isn't it? A special team value will be probably as important as anything they do on, on the defensive side of the ball. Mm. Um, I don't know anything about Perry Nickerson. It's probably just a, a bit of an indictment as to, to the other guys, really, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, a combination of that and the, some of the injury problems that we had. But it, it, for that to be the only notable sort of free, you know, uh, waiver wire pickup was a, a little bit disappointing, if I'm honest. I don't know what Peter thinks. Yeah, I mean, you know, Nickerson's a guy that's bounced around for a couple of years, and he's been at three or four teams in in those couple of years, and was last with the Jags, and they waived him. So that 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 doesn't you know fill <laughs> you with with huge amounts of confidence. I I guess that they liked him because at least there was stuff on tape. Mm. For for Nickerson rather than Stanford Samuels, I think that's probably the only, you know, the thing the the thing that he had going for him, and he and he has four point three one speed coming out coming out of college. So, you know, they Gooty loves those athletic guys, high spark score and all and all of that. So, that that to me can be the only reason for picking him up because he doesn't appear to have shown huge amounts in his couple of years in in the league so far. So, but you know, the rest the rest of it looks. Looks really, really solid. Alexander King, Sullivan. I think, uh, you know, I think Josh Jackson, you know, we've talked about him quite a lot, but if he's your number four corner, which which he is, then I don't think you can grumble too much. Yeah. Too much about that. So I think, I, yeah, I think that's a really solid, solid looking group of solid looking group of players. And Peter, is Jerry Gray the X factor this year for this group? Well, I think that, you know, when, when, when he was first picked up, you know, we, we remember Jerry Gray as a player. You know, as an all-pro with the with the Rams in particular. Mm. So if if he brings any of those skills to the coaching, you know, remit, which he appears to do, certainly comes across very well and um, seems to be you know very well liked and very well thought of. So certainly won't it certainly won't do any harm. And I you know I, I'm hoping in particular that that it'll work with the with the young safeties with with Savage and 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 Amos, so I'm still calling a, a a young safety, and that those guys become a little bit more ball hawkish yeah. in in this second in this second year. And I know the Packers actually got quite a I don't know the number off the top of my head, but quite a few turnovers last year. But some of those you're gonna have to replace some of those with some other turnovers. You know, you're probably not gonna get everyone that you got last year. So I'm hoping that the safeties, you know, pick up three or four interceptions each apiece and and hopefully Jerry Gray will will do a good job with those guys. I think he will. Certainly seems to be having an impression on the young fellas, anyway. Yeah. So again, like you know, it's hard to equate, you know, mental motivation with performance on the field and what kind of happens. But again, I don't know if it's indicative of anything either. But Adrian Amos coming down with a nice few tidy interceptions of Aaron Rodgers of what stock he can put into that in training camp as well. 
Andy, special teams. Interesting for me. Uh, punt return, uh, second on the depth chart behind Tyler Irvin, who's our go-to guy on punt returns. Kick returns is Josh Jackson on punt returns and Chandon Sullivan on kick returns. And also, I'd like to give a special shout-out at this point to Rob Gardner, who texted me and said, oh no, they've released JK. And I was like, really? JK Scott. They're going to do this. They're going to cause another special teams. Um, what, how? What happened? And then it turned out he was talking about Jay Coomer and not Jake, uh, JK Scott uh, <laughs> at all, which gave me a light palpitation. And I was thought we would have more special teams drama. Um, special teams is set at this point. Uh, Mason Crosby gets his contract. JK Scott had some shanks last season. And so, you know, really down the stretch where people were questioning whether it was the cold weather um, that was doing it to him. Tyler Irvin came in to save the season. Hunter Bradley again was on the injury list, but came back, you know, COVID related, and came back uh, and is in doing the business. Are you surprised by the second depth chart, Andy, or does it actually matter a damn who's on the second of the depth chart? Because you'd imagine Tyler Irvin would be in um, and doing the business. Yeah, just a Tyler Irvin show, isn't it? Yeah. Kick return is a null and void position now, I think. Yeah. So it doesn't really factor into me. Point return, it'll be Tyler Irvin all day, won't it? Big time, I think yeah. it was probably thought. You know, Josh Jackson was a second round pick. He's number four corner about him, but as well boost his stock a bit and put him down as number two on the punt return squad. Yeah, that's it. Give him something to go home and tell the old parents about. Oh, man, you won't believe what I got. I got second string punt return. Um, and same with Chan and Sullivan, you know, just a, just a placeholder, I guess. So, Peter, we've went through the whole roster here um, and we've picked out sort of, you know, areas that we've looked at that are strong, other ones that are weak. Let's get fun with it. Um, pick a player, and it can be an obvious player. You can say Devontae Adams, right? But what is a player that you have your particular eye on this year for any reason whatsoever? Be that making a step up, being maybe taking the leap that we didn't expect. Let's pick Josh Jackson. All of a sudden, he comes on and does some absolute fantastic work. Christian Kirksey blows our socks off. I mean, um, who is it for you? Who's that star player that you're going to keep a really quiet eye on, which is not going to be so quiet anymore because it's on the podcast? <laughs> well, I, I, guess, I guess there's a couple. I mean, I guess Elton Jenkins is the guy that I, that, you know, that I, re- I, re- I really like. And, yeah. and um, um, I think when you get those pro bowl, potential pro bowl level often offensive linemen whose job kind of goes unnoticed. Yeah. Uh, very often, um, you know, you just like you just like those guys. But I, but I, I guess the real one for me is is Rashan Gary. Yeah. You know, and you know, really hopeful that he's going to take that next step, that he turns those nearly plays that you talked about, Steve, into into big plays this this coming season. You know, and partnered with the Smiths and 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 how Petten uses him. You know. I don't know how many sacks we can expect to see from Gary, but if it's you know if it's five, six, seven, that kind of number, hmm. that would that would be that would be excellent. So yeah, no, I'm really looking to see how, you know, to see the step forward that Gary takes this. Year. No, Elton Jenkins, fantastic, unbelievable. Uh, Lane Taylor can't like him. I mean, I doubt if I asked Lane Taylor the same question, he'd be talking about the same. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to see how Elton Jenkins, uh, you know, puts me on the unemployment line again. Um, but. Yeah, Rashan Gary, super exciting. Andy, who's on your radar, be it, you know, top name or someone sort of that's sort of simmering underneath the surface? Oh, well, I'm excited to see Kirksey. I think that we've, for too many years now, we've we've demanded a more explosive kind of athlete at the inside linebacker position. Um, and, and although I don't think he's a an elite athlete, I think he's a significant upgrade over what we've had. No disrespect to the guys that have been the incumbents, but I think he's a... A good fit. I think mm-hmm. he's a good fit for the defense. I think he's a good fit for the community. I think he's fitted in really well yeah. with his teammates. I'm just excited to see what he can do. I think I think he can be a 
a difference maker. And then on the back, back end of the defence, I think Chandon Sullivan, mm. I think he could be, a, he'll be the starting cornerback next year, I think. I really do. I think I, I expect big things of him. I think he's um, he's got an eye for a ball. I think his hand-eye coordination is is exceptional. He's got good speed. Uh, he's got good awareness. Um, uh, and I like what I've seen of him so far. So a little bit under the radar, but I think he's a guy I expect big things from this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah big time. I agree yeah. with that. And uh, Steve, what about you? Oh, Jesus Christ, I don't get asked questions on this goddamn podcast. <laughs> I know. That's I start getting, oh, Jesus spot. Christ, I start sweating and stuff like that. <laughs> Jeff. Um, I don't know. Do you know what? And I'm going to be uh, a little bit ridiculous here and sort of run through a lot. But um, there's um, there's so many talking points to this and it could all go either way. I mean, I would love to see Alan Lazard live up to the hype, to be honest, because people are expecting such big things of him. I've went through the game tape and done like every great catch or touchdown or whatever that he's made on that YouTube video. And I was excited from from what I saw of him. Um, again, it's sort of disappointing that it could be scuppered from that right side of the of the line where we might not get a chance to see them. Um, but I think it's sort of similar to you, Laz, to be honest. I want to see big things from Rashan Gary. I'd love to see, Andy, like you said, how they'll actually design plays um, kind of around him to see what happens there. Um, and who steps up as well because unfortunately I do see foresee some way more injuries than what we had um, last year be they COVID related or were they people being put on their ass um, as well as that and again there's a couple of lads isn't there that are sort of last chance saloon being the Oren Burks um, of this world um, Montrevious Adams if he sees the field by sort of any great measure um, as well but the I guess the position that's more interesting for me is this young wide receiver core and whether they'll actually get a chance to shine between the line and then also if uh, LaFleur goes a bit running back crazy um, and as well as that you know what I'm going to be I'm going to mention every position but the tight ends lads I mean, you know, we bring in Jimmy Graham, doesn't do the business. Mercedes Lewis, we kind of know what we have with him. He's a blocking tight end. But I just still don't know what we have in, in Jay Sternberger and to a degree, uh, Robert Tonyan as well, who's seen as a breakout. So all eyes on, on that side of things as well. But th- we're not short of talking points, are we? I mean, you know, there's every position on the roster really that um, coughs up some sort of intriguing thing. Um, so hopefully we'll be alright let's have a look really really quickly lads to the Vikings game it's going to be a tough game Andy isn't it uh, against the Vikings can you give a prediction at all as to how you see the game going by and large what the talking points would be and dare I say it and I'm not going to ask you for a score is that do you think the Packers can eke out a win in enemy territory well I'm going to give you a totally different synopsis to the game but I've just read that Daniil Hunter's out yeah, for at least three weeks, which changes things massively, doesn't Game it? Changer, yeah, big time. So, so, so maybe the Packers, you know, had an inside track on that and thought right tackle's not a priority. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> what are you saying? They they injured him like sort of Russian politics here and stuck something in his tea. Is that what you're saying, Andy? <laughs> wow, it, it does beg the question, doesn't it? You know, it's, um, <laughs> exclusive UK Packers exclusive. We don't need a right tackle. You know, <laughs> he's out for three weeks now. Yeah. So that does change things significantly for me. He's a beast on the uh, on the indoor service, isn't he? I think he's mm. one of the premier players in the NFL at that position. So it makes a, a world of difference for the Packers, um, and it opens up a, a wealth of opportunities in terms of perhaps having a little bit more time to throw. Even though they've got the guy from from Jacksonville, um, I expect the Packers to win. I think they'll win going away by sort of ten plus. If we can get away with from the from Minnesota with. With no injuries, significant injuries, uh, and a W, 
that would be a great start for the season. And Peter, is the sort of telltale sign that if you call your son Danielle, that he ends up being so angry <laughs> that he becomes a top tier NFL player? And when you look at this game, Danielle's aside, um, how do you see this one going? Is are you on the on the same side here that you know with Daniel Hunter out, it's just a complete um, facelift for this? Oh, 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 it, oh it, it, it really is. Mm. I, I I was on the fence about where this game was where this game was going to go, but I think. I think that tips it for me. So I think the Packers will win a close game, but I think the Packers the Packers will win. Yeah. So, you know, kind of a 24-21 kind of game. Yeah, do you know what though? It's one of those things if we win big, don't doesn't everyone get carried away? You know, and we win big. It's like, there you go, told you, that's the system for you. Um, and we start going <laughs> a bit mental. Uh, now, I will say, right, week one and playoffs that's where I don't care so much about analysis. Love to jump in, and I know we do quick snaps and all the rest. Um, and I guess this podcast kind of acted as a bit of a quick snap action for it. But I will say, week one, I'm full of optimism. I don't really care about negative headlines. Um, I don't care about realism, <laughs> reality, um, and all that kind of stuff. And I just want the Packers to go in, smash it, and win. So I'm just going to say the Packers are going to win. We all know the deficiencies. We've talked about them on the podcast. But like you lads, um, I reckon that um, we could off to a flying start weird though that the top teams in this like Mark Murphy and all of the sort of front office brass have said the best teams that are going to come out out of the gates out of the blocks well at the start of the season is the people that handle this virtual stuff well and handle the sort of team activities and how they handle practice and people getting sick and everything else so it's going to be super interesting to see uh, what front offices have their things together here's looking at you Washington football team and how you're going to get on but anyway boys it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on for the prediction pod to have you on for this podcast and again kind of as a bit of a preview pod as well Andy anything else to say or forever hold your peace no I think I think in terms of predictions for the for not only the Packers game but for the NFL in general is going to be it's tough isn't it going yeah. into week one absolutely almost impossible I think hmm. you can only go off what the, the vibes are from, from camps and things of that nature I think it's going to be super tough so if you if you ask me for the results of 14 NFL games of the weekend, I'd probably get 10 wrong. So, yeah. so who knows? But yeah, looking forward to it. And hopefully after a couple of weeks and we can still be, you know, hopefully on the right track with all the COVID-related stuff going on at the minute, yeah. um, we'll start to settle into some sort of idea of who are the movers and shakers are going to be this year. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough environment, Pete, isn't it? Any um, parting words for the pod? No, not really. I just, just let's hope for a Packers win Sunday to win this one. They beat Detroit the following weekend and the two and zero start be fantastic. So that's <laughs> that's Lord. You know, that's that's where I think we'll be. Yep. And um, you know, like you like you've both said, it's very difficult to predict where this whole thing is is going. We've had no preseason, limited practice, and and whatever else. So we don't know which teams are going to come come through that looking looking sharp. But I think I think one thing to bear in mind is that however this thing starts may not be how this thing continues once teams actually get into the season. Yeah. Yeah. And do you know what? A promising sign of the Packers training camp was that live tackling period. The fact that he actually got people to smack pads. Um, now, I know it was the young lads, so it doesn't really, you know, I, I reckon we see some veterans go down, unfortunately, around the league um, when people start to, um, you know, knock heads. But it is what it is. Anyway, everyone, if you're excited be excited, get excited, get happy um, because, you know, let's just write this thing out. We don't know how long this season is going to last, in what capacity. Um, so again, we're all excited here at UK Packers HQ as well. But anyway, from Andy Davies, um, from Peter Jones and from myself at the Diddy NFL on Twitter and of course follow all the group accounts. It's a massive Go Pack Go and we'll talk to you again on game day. See you.